And what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Darian Jones with Honor Kings and Sons. Welcome to Honor Kings and Sons TV podcast. I'm so excited to share with you guys another topic. So this actually comes from my story that I'm going to eventually share. It, it comes from my story as a time as an educator. And um, this is one particular instance that I decided I want to share with you guys. Um, it's connected to a prominent topic that everybody's speaking on in society. And that is the topic of sexuality. Um, I made a hint to my comic series that I've been working on. I've been pushing out little episodes on Instagram. And one recent episode I dropped was about the gender wars. And that's a big thing right now, the war on gender. And I said that the latest is a civil war between heterosexuals, male and female, men versus women. But this particular topic today, um, I title it The Power to Choose. Uh, you know, it's uh, really talking about choosing our sexuality over the, over the truth. I don't know. I really want to get into this because uh, we've been having some instances in America and across the globe, but mostly America, where uh, people are starting to side with uh, sexuality over human life. Um, and there are many cases that are rising up in the world where we have to really talk about this because um, I believe it's very detrimental to the standpoint of human beings um, if we continue to uh, take this lightly. So I want to be able to get in and talk about it today. And uh, I want to start off by saying this, that in no way, shape or form is this platform, even though it is a faith based platform, is this platform intended to bash people who uh, claim a, uh, a non-traditional sexuality, nor is it a platform to bash anybody who claims a non-traditional gender. But it is a platform to talk about these things in a way that we can have conversation in a way that people can relate in a way that people can come together and really, uh, you know, find some common ground. So I want to get into it uh, super quick. So when I was an educator, there was a day that uh, I went to work. And I'll never forget, it was the beginning of the school year, fresh out of COVID, everybody was back in person, and we received the email, myself and some other teachers, we received the email about a particular student uh, that um, had a request. So I'm thinking, you know, when you're an educator, it's probably something connected to like an IEP or a 504 uh, form, for those who don't know what that is. Those are just accommodation records um, that you have to make sure that you follow them and file them. So uh, long story short, um, we get this email and it's about a particular student. And the email clearly said it wasn't a long email. The email clearly stated that we were to call this student by um, a particular pronoun and a name. So I had. I was confused because I was not aware that this was something that was allowed in the school system or like it, it was something that was going to start happening all across America. I didn't know anything about it. You know, if I heard a story about it, it probably was something I scrolled past, didn't think nothing of it. 
But, of course, we all know that the LGBTQ movement, that has been something that's been on the rise for a very long time, especially in the last decade. Long story short, um, you know, I got the email, so I was confused. I'm thinking it was in connection with, like, a 504 form where it's, like, accommodation and probably this person is, you know, in an emotional standpoint and they prefer to be called this in class and, you know, whatever. So when I uh, got to class that day, um, everything ran smooth. When I called attendance, I said the name on the attendance roster and uh, the student didn't answer by that name. Um, so uh, immediately the student raised their hand and said, hey, did you get the email? I said, email? You know, like I'm, I'm not putting two and two together. So what happened is I call the student up and I say, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't get the email. So the student explains to me, yes, um, I would like to be called by this name. Um, this is my pro- a pronoun. And thank you very much. Long story short, uh, I, like other teachers in the building, we were like, what the mess is going on? Right. So I over time, I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to focus on making sure I can lead my class and I'll deal with this, you know, progressively over time. So there was uh, some issues that was happening where the students were talking about this and um, it became a real issue. Like it became an issue where uh, students weren't feel comfortable. I was hearing that students were walking out of class. Um, you know, just just different things that were that were happening. And so um, I actually went to the LGBTQ club. You know, I was asking questions. I made sure I interacted with the teacher every single day. They were super cool. Um, you know, uh, had a cool classroom. Um, all those type of things, you know, uh, cool people. We had a good conversation, everything. So what happened is, uh, I just said, you know what, let me just pay attention. Let me see what's going on here in terms of the everyday in the school system, not the news. Let me just pay attention to what's going on in the school system. So this was a hard pill for everybody to swallow administration, students, and the, the actual kids themselves who wanted to be called by a different name and a different pronoun. Uh, everybody was uncomfortable. Everybody was on edge. Um, you know, the teachers walked on eggshells. It was just a very awkward and uncomfortable time. And so uh, I just started to, you know, um, have conversations with the students um, about how they felt about it. And then even the kids in the club. And this is what I found out. Or this is what I got. I realized that that there were students who were confident in this transition, and there were students who were not. And the students who were confident in the transition, they were the ones who spoke boldly and supported the ones who weren't. And the ones who weren't were the ones using the power that was given to them. So the ones who were confident, they didn't have to exercise, you know, the power that was given to them behind, 
you know, whatever ruling or whatever support or whatever law that was put in place. They didn't use that like clause or whatever. It was the ones who were not confident. They were the ones who would stand behind, you know, what um, these narratives or like I say, this, these, these, these privileges that they had. So I'm like, okay, all right, let me, let me try something. Let me see if I can get everybody in on this conversation. Cause I'm the type of person I love to have conversations. So I said, I want to get everybody in on this. So I didn't craft the speech. I, in no way, shape, or form did I craft the speech. I just walked into the building, and I just wanted to see what would happen on that particular day. So it went a little something like this. So I go into my class, and uh, I didn't do it in homeroom. I started it with um, the first official period of the day. I didn't script none of this. I didn't plan um, the sequence and which I would talk about it. It was just a thought, and I brought it up to my students. Now, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. I am fully aware as a faith-based uh, believer and employee of, you know, the school system at that time. People's thoughts on, you know, religion, especially God in the schools, prayer, the whole nine. And, of course, you know, with the rise of LGBTQ. In my mind, I'm like, I'm either going to get fired for this or somebody's going to try to get me arrested. But if my point is truly solid, then I'll really uh, get the answer and feedback I'm looking for and not just, um, you know, uh, people trying to bash me and all that stuff. So I'm going to do something like this. I said, everybody, I have a thought I want to present to you today. This is on behalf of uh, the LGBTQ community. Uh, recently, we've been having incidents in the school. Um, students being mistreated, as well as the issue of um, how to address those who are part of the LGBTQ community who have a certain names and pronouns they like to be called by. So I uh, continue to say, um, I want everybody to pretend that there is a case, it's on the news, and it's between a person uh, of the LGBTQ community and a person who is heterosexual or believes that only male and female should be together. Let's pretend that the person uh, from the LGBTQ community, um, they are being accused of committing a crime, that they uh, assaulted um, this heterosexual. It can be in any type of way. Um, they attacked them, you know, physical altercation, um, you know, they space, um, you know, even something where a weapon was used and, you know, there was some harm. And uh, it goes to court, right? So we're in court and we're, we're looking at the, the evidence and, you know, it, it, we're, this is a traditional case. There's no such thing as an LGBTQ case, if you get what I mean. It's, it's a traditional case. So we're looking at right or wrong, we're looking at evidence presented, and we're looking at, you know, um, um, a convincing argument of the person being, you know, guilty of the crime. So after hours of delegation, and uh, for the most part, um, a lot of people do side that there's clear evidence that uh, the person who's LGBTQ affiliated did in fact insult the person who is heterosexual, right? And let's pretend 
that like on that delegation, the person from the LGBTQ community was, you know, acquitted of the charges, right? Um, so that, you know, obviously would would spark, you know, some 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 you know dislike. It would spark, you know, um, the fact that um, right was not achieved, justice was not achieved, and when you hear the closing arguments and the reasons for why they sided with the person from the LGBT, uh, LGBTQ community, it was simply more based off of um, the protection, the defense, and the, the arguing, the standpoint of the person's um, sexuality. And how uh, there is a lot of conflict that happens, so sometimes they feel like they have to defend themselves and in lieu of the situation and how it took place, we just feel like we, you know, would not um, have the person charged for the crime. So I said, you know, guys, this is all make-believe. You know, if it wasn't happening in real life, then we would deal with it as is, but we're just going to pretend that this is how it came about. So now I'm going to ask everybody, who was in the wrong? So my students were silent for a second. I don't, I don't know if they, you know, thought I was going to, you know, lash out or make an argument. I said, guys, like, who do you think was in the wrong? So um, the students was like, you know, according to how this played out, you know, the person from the LGBT, LGBTQ community, you know, they're wrong. You know, and this evidence that proves that, you know, they did this attack with intent, yada, 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 that they are in the wrong. So I said, okay, if they're in the wrong, how would it make you feel that a person got away with something simply because of other factors that don't have anything to do with the crime and seeking justice for the crime? So people say, you know, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody. I would want justice to be served. And I said, okay, but what if, what if the other factors of this case are so much stronger than the case itself that it was almost possible that this was going to go in favor of the person from the LGBTQ community before it even got into the whole case of sexuality. You know, like, like how would you feel about that? So the students was like, you know, that's wrong. You know, right is right, wrong is wrong. And so I said, okay, so if right is right is wrong and wrong is wrong, now I'm going to present another thought to you. I said, how many of you guys have ever seen somebody abuse power simply because it looks like they can get away with it? So the students were jumping up, they were like, oh yeah, man, we've seen that tons of times, man. It's not right, especially when we're in school. You got teachers that abuse power, security that abuse power, you got police that abuse power. Now, mind you, this is 2021, and well, actually, yeah, it was 2020, yes, yeah, it was 2021, yes, it was, I remember. It was 2021, and just the year before, we had all the craziness that happened. Um, you know, uh, the burning in Minnesota, George Floyd, all the different, um, you know, acts of police brutality that was going on while COVID was happening, the marches, the Black Lives Matter. So everybody was in the uproar talking about, you know, social justice. So then, um, I said to them, I said, you know, like, yeah, right, uh, everybody feels that way. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, whatever, 
everybody feels that way. It sucks when we don't get justice, um, you know, uh, for uh, for something that was done wrongly to you, and it's clear that it was found and done wrong to you. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I said, okay, so I'm going to merge the two real quick for you guys. So check this out. Um, are any of you aware that a lot of times people side with something simply because of the power it gives them, not even because it necess they necessarily believe in it? Do you guys know that that happens all the time? A person will side with something, they don't necessarily fully believe it, only because of the power it gives them. It's an opportunity for them to hide behind what they are not sure of. And it's also an opportunity for them out of selfishness to be reckless because they have the protection of the power that they've been given. I said, doesn't it suck to know that we live in a society that a person will see the opportunity to lay hold on power and this power will protect them this power will allow them to carry on reckless behavior even if they're not fully convinced of the source that the power came from what do i mean by that <clears throat> you have people who break the law all the time that are police officers but they hide behind the power of the law you have people who, um, you know, might be, uh, if you're a religious or faith-based person, you might have people that don't necessarily fully believe what they believe in. A Christian pastor may not fully believe in the gospel, but he can hide behind the power. It's no different than a person who identifies with being LGBTQ that they don't necessarily believe all of which the movement entails, but there's power that has come with it. There's protection that's come with it. And it allows them to self selfishly carry on their lifestyle, whether it be fully uh, convincing or involving in that community um, or not, simply because they're protected. I said, how do you feel to know that? That there's a movement of people out there that are hiding behind the power, not necessarily behind the actual movement. And I said, I want each and every one of you to think about that. Because whether you're a part of the LGBTQ community or not, whether you identify with whatever sexuality, we are responsible for making sure that the world does not get to a point where we start to side with things simply because we can be protected by the power. And definitely that we're not siding with an issue because of a person's sexuality. If we get to the point where we don't choose right when it is right, and we are afraid to point out wrong when it is wrong, God help all of us. And it was dead silence in the classroom. I'm talking about you can feel the thickness in the classroom. And you'd be surprised when the class is over, not one person came in my classroom after the first talk with uh, somebody from you know uh, the, the school club, the LGBTQ club, accusing me or you know saying I'm bashing because you know I wasn't. I was 
being able to not be blinded when power is present or when you have the strong support of a large narrative of movement, you still need to be able to think for yourself. So I said, okay, I didn't get in trouble yet. So let me do this to all my classes. So I gave this speech to all my classes. And of course, I was able to use better verbiage each time I did it. And by the end of the week, Nobody came to my classroom. The principal didn't come. The president of the club didn't come. None of the other students from the LGBTQ community came to bash me or accuse me. So I was like, oh, thank God I kept my job. But I actually received a standing ovation uh, from two of my periods um, because they liked how I presented that narrative. And I even had two students, I think it was two or three students, um, who were part of the LGBTQ club, who walked up to me and said, you know, that was a very interesting point. I never saw it that way. And, you know, thank you so much for, for being able to, you know, share that talk with us. And I was like, you're welcome. And to this day, uh, I still believe that. I believe that in today's world, if we find ourselves as uh, as a people that we cannot decipher right from wrong because simply the powers that be want a certain narrative to be pushed and they're offering massive power of protection for anybody who stands behind it. And if that's the route we're taking, God help us all. We should not be in a position where sexuality of the individual is, is 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 becoming a significant factor playing in if the right or wrong the criminal activity that you know and this is a serious issue because we know that with the rise of the lgbtq community there are cities and states that have passed certain laws where they can teach the children um you know how they have strong power in the corporate world in the workplace and it's getting to the it's getting to the point now where I got you know brought out in this uh, story I shared this speech I told that uh, certain cases it just might be so that the premise of a person's sexuality might be the strong strong or deciding factor or pretty much the you know pretty much the key factor to allow them to go scot-free and cry. You know, the protection, the lobbying, whatever lawyers are behind it, whatever people are, you know, defending it. And let me tell you something. If you are a person, doesn't matter if you're heterosexual or not, and a crime takes place, you want justice. And I don't think you want a greater justice or a lesser justice because a person is heterosexual, they're pansexual, whatever the case. I don't think you want greater or less justice. You you want justice, correct? So let us not get to the point where that could possibly be happening, where our children are not safe, and when we see justice, we don't get it because a person defends their sexuality in a court of law or in you know whatever place where we try to decipher 
who was right and who was wrong. The power to choose is a very, very, very uh, beautiful thing. I just want us all to choose right. And if it was me on the stand or whoever else, I would want the people to choose right. I want the people to choose justice. Uh, and I just pray that we really have this in mind um, in 2024. That anything that we see, any criminal activity, any big cases that come up that involve the LGBTQ community and that involve you know, those who identify as heterosexual and, and cross-pollination of those two worlds colliding, that the facts will not be manipulated. If a person did wrong, they must pay the price. If a person did, did right, they must be, you know, awarded and they must be protected for what they did is right. But if a person can get away or a person can use their sexuality strongly in a case to be acquitted of something that was wrong on their behalf, and we allow that, we got some dark days ahead of us. This is Darren Jones of Honor Kings and Sons. Uh, you know, just different experiences I love to share on podcasts. Be sure to follow me on YouTube. I'll actually be an open vulnerable. I just found out that my videos are being uploaded uh, as audio playlists. Uh, I was like, what? I had no idea uh, that I was listening like that. So you guys can actually get all of my clips on YouTube. Uh, if you go to Honor Kings and Sons TV, uh, you will see my clips. Uh, all the way from season one, I'm uploading all of them. So every day you're going to see videos uploaded from season one, two, and three, and I'm in season four. So please make sure you visit that. Um, continue to follow me on uh, my other YouTube. Um, and then I have my LinkedIn, um, TikTok, and Instagram with my latest series, The Dark Files. I'll drop a new episodes this week and next week for The Dark Files and also new comic series clips. So you guys can take a look at that. Please make sure you follow me at Honor Kings and Sons on Instagram. Thank you guys so much. This is Darren Jones of Honor Kings and Sons TV Podcast. Love you all. We will grace the show.